La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding ding dong Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Hey, bonjour Rugby Friends and welcome to a new edition of French Rugby Connection with moi, Véronique Lindieu, and this week... With me, Tom Dixon. Thank you very much, Tom, for coming on board so, so quickly as Mike Pierce is uh, feeling unwell today. So let's talk about you, Tom. You know, who are you? How long have you been supporting rugby and what are you doing in France? Well, first of all, I want to say uh, to Mike, every good wishes and hope he gets well soon. Thank you for inviting me. I have been in France for 16 years. I moved over here to live here when I was teleworking. As soon as I moved to France, I became a season ticket holder at Stade Toulouse. So whilst as a good journalist, I shall do my endeavour to be neutral today. <laughs> uh, I have lived and worked on the outskirts of Toulouse for these 16 years. It's a lovely place, good food, good wine, and very well integrated. And only on Monday, I went to the Academy of Cassoulet de Toulouse to enjoy the fine food. Brilliant. And Tom, you like the French culture so much that you have become a French citizen. Bravo. It's not new. I actually, uh, now I can vote for a head of state. Brilliant. As a Brit, I've never been able to do because in Britain you vote for your MP. Yes, absolutely. You are right in the heat you know, of the season. The top 14 is going absolutely crazy right now. Anything could happen. Absolutely. Just a reminder that only the top six uh, can go through to the finals. The top two are through to the semis automatically. And the next four uh, battle it out in barrages to find out who will play them. And you're right, it's so close throughout the table that the matches this weekend, in particular, the matches will shape the table because uh, there are two matches between teams in the top five. And that means that two of them have to lose. So tell us more. So what are the pivotal matches this weekend? Well, starting with the first one is Saturday at 3pm local time, Bordeaux against Lyon, the, the Lou. Now, either of those could win. Guess what? There's loads at stake because Christophe Orios is very, very unhappy. He went ballistic. They lost five times. They have injuries. Uh, Louis Picamol looks as though he's played his final game, which is a sad loss for a great fighter. I don't think Bordeaux have played for two weeks, so they'll have at least rested, whereas Lyon uh, were looking exhausted the other day. So Lyon beat the Wasps. They're on a high, uh, but it wasn't a great match. It was rough. It, it uh, cost them a lot of energy. So it will be a fascinating match on Saturday afternoon. Another games. As soon as that one finishes, yes. At uh, quarter past five on Saturday, we got top of the table Montpellier against fourth of the table Massing ninety two. Yes, and you know um, what? I'm going to tell you, give you a, a quick fact. You know, last year Montpellier finished ten. So there's been a, a really good turnaround. Yes, it's it's a debate as to how steady they are because uh, they're thrashed by La Rochelle and Racing are so full of superstars that this is the kind of end of the season where they can pull it all together and start playing beautifully rather than just being a group of superstars. So, again, that one's open. It's 
hugely momentous because the loser certainly won't be in the top two and uh, might be looking for an away barrage, which are always tricky this end of the season. So fingers crossed for that one as well, Veronique. Yes, and Montpellier, you know, they've had four consecutive losses as well. And like you said, they've got some good key players, but Williamse and uh, Rainer were not playing you know, this time around. But the only thing with that game is I think Racing 92 might be extra motivated because of the loss against La Rochelle last week. So let's wait and see, but I'm predicting that Montpellier will win that game. Yes, I, I think they have to because the following week they're away to Clermont. Right. You can say Clermont this year is only a mid, mid-tables team, but they will be strong and proud, and not many people over the years get to win at Clermont. So if Montpellier wants to keep on the top two spots, they've really got to do it this Saturday. Yeah, talking about Clermont. Away to Biarritz. So be. We'll be expecting five points there, which will bring them right into the... Uh, right into the mix with a bit of luck. But Clermont's got nothing to play for, really, because, you know, this season they've been very average, middle of the range, and Biarritz, as we know, has been relocated to Pro D2. But I would like Biarritz to win against Clermont. That would be a nice, uh, a very nice surprise, you know. It would be good for their pride. So, you know what? I'm going to be controversial. I'm going to say, yes, Biarritz is going to win against Clermont. Fantastic. So, Tom, so the game is at 5.15, but I believe there are other games as well that are taking place at 5.15. On the French television, they do this uh, thing they think is wonderful, of showing four games at the same time. Canal Plus does this because Canal Plus sets the times for the games. And it's quite annoying for the impartial observer because you don't see any flow of play. It goes beep, beep, beep and cuts you to where the producers think there's next going to be a score. And you cut over to that, so you don't see the build-up of anything or the momentum building, you just see the scores. But hey, it will be an extraordinarily exciting afternoon. Yes, yes. I guess, you know, in the UK, we can watch now some top 14 games on Premier Sport. I don't know yet which game they're going to, uh, to show, but it's one game at a time, I'm afraid. So which other games are taking place on Saturday at 5.15? Okay, well, there's Stade Rochelet at home to Paris. Now, that could be quite an interesting one because La Rochelle, obviously, are in the final. They've got two tough games ahead of them. They're home to Paris, then home to Lyon. They're having problems with their kickers hitting the target. I think it's quite likely that one of those games, they'll put out their junior side to rest the senior players because, obviously, the Champions Cup final has to be their big priority, especially after last year, where they lost two finals. 100%, um, I agree with you. But having said that, there is a, some pressure for La Rochelle to do well. Is You know, they ideally, they have to win against Stade Francais to get a place for the playoff. I agree. I think if they lose one of those games, they're quite likely to fall outside the top six. My money would be on La Rochelle finishing seventh. Which, which is obviously something they'd like to avoid. They'd like to sneak in. But if you work on the assumption they're likely to lose one of those two games, home to Paris, home to Lyon, then it's just the odd points of defensive bonus points that are going to get them through. So, as we say, extraordinarily competitive, extraordinarily exciting, Veronique. And, yes, and there is another game. Toulon at home to Poe. I think we can 
go over that fairly quickly. I think uh, Chulong were fantastic at the weekend and are going from strength to strength. They're starting to pull together all their stars. And Toulon, Toulon, since January, have really ramped up because up until the end of January, Tom, they were lagging. They were bottom of the top 14. And right now, you know, they are nearing their, their position 8, I think. Yes, they're 8 with 59 points. And um, I, I can see them winning against Poe, probably not with an offensive bonus point because they're not good for 80 straight minutes. And the following week, they're away to Racing 92. And you wouldn't really expect them to win that. So I can't, I, I agree, Toulon had a, a shocking start of the season. They did a really good catch-up in the middle, but I think it's too little too late. I think they're going to finish 7th or 8th, uh, fighting with lower shelf that place. We'll see. We'll see. And said, in terms of attendance, you know, the Stade Mayol has got about 14,000 seats, and lately they've been averaging about 12,254, but which is lower than in their heydays. But thanks to recent wins, I think that... Gradually, you know, the, the public, the supporters have started falling back in love with, with Toulon. Slowly but surely. It, it had to happen. They, they can't have that many superstars on their teams and we know how well they can all play. It had to come back together. It's just a shame. I think it's too little too late. A lot of supporters really didn't like the fact that Louis Caronel, who was born and bred and Toulon was a product of the Toulon Academy, is moving to Montpellier. Now they felt they were pushed. And Eben Edzebe, you know, finally, finally, I mean, he's been injured a lot of time over the last three years, but finally it seems to have, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? He has found well, he's his... He's his, 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 his come up to quality. Exactly. Don't forget that Toulon are also going forward in the Challenge Cup. So um, I'm sure they're extremely anxious to finish Espes' season with a victory. And I think now they've beaten Saris, you have to put them as uh, uh, yeah, up against it. They may well beat uh, Lyon. But we'll come on Saturday uh, in the evening is start to lose a way to breathe. No, we need to talk about Castre. And... Yes, and there is another game. One very, very pivotal game. Is it Brive versus Toulouse, Tom? <laughs> that's in the evening. But yes, what a game that's going to be. That's uh, five past nine at night, as most of Toulouse games have been this year. Away to Brive. Stade Toulouse had a shocker at the weekend. They uh, will come on to the European Cup later, but they're as tired as anything. Their legs couldn't keep up because they had the 100-minute game the week before. Reeve are fighting for their existence, so it should be wonderful. It means uh, a, a lot to them. You know, they, they have Perpignan, you know, closing in on them. So, and Toulouse will be very, very hungry for a win. So it's, it's going to be blood, I think. Yeah, it will be a very exciting game. I suspect Toulouse will have to manage the tiredness of their players somehow, though. And so they may keep the big guns to come on after 60 minutes if they're needed, or they may put the big guns on to start with and take them off at half-time. Who knows? And I, I, I guess you are right in terms of keeping the big guns on the bench. The, the problem is Toulouse aren't used to being beaten so solidly as they were in Dublin. Their mental state 
could quite easily cause the next game to be a big problem. They really have to show their total strength to pick themselves up and put in a good game and get a victory that sh- we should expect as a five-pointer. It should be the current champion against the third from the bottom. It, it shouldn't be any doubt at all. So, again, we will watch that one with excitement. And the last game on Sunday? The last game on Sunday is Casper at home to Perpignan. Casper are home to Perpignan, so I expect them to take full five points, get the bonus, and actually quite possibly move up into second place because Bordeaux and Montpellier, I think, are unlikely to get the bonus points. Like Castor, they're a little they're a humble, hard-working team. Obviously a local derby for Toulouse, uh, but I hope they do. Perpignan are not quite relegated mathematically yet, but I think you have to say that realistically, if they're away to Castor and then home to Bordeaux, uh, they're unlikely to get many more points on the on the scoreboard so we shall see but they'll be fighting and Castro have been known to trip up even at home yeah uh, so that'll be one worth staying up for I look forward to it brilliant so another exciting spellbinded top 14 but again anything could happen it's it's so difficult to predict how things will happen. I've gone out on a limb because I put something up on Twitter two weeks ago with my so I don't mind doing it again. Uh, nobody really knows what's happening. It's it's going to be fantastic. So European Cup, we have three French teams. In the final, with Lyon, we will play against Toulon in the Challenge Cup, and we'll have Leinster playing against La Rochelle. So three teams, three top 14 teams against an Irish team. What do you make of it, Tom? Weren't Leinster good? I can't imagine any team in the world being able to beat them the way they demolished Toulouse last weekend. They were almost reinventing rugby with their speed of the breakdown, the variety they showed. It's incessant, totally outclassed, and it takes a lot to outclass Toulouse. I called them tired, but you can't come down on that. Leinster deserve to win. Absolutely. I mean, we could smell, you know, the, the Lancaster, you know, magic, you know, behind the, their successes. Toulouse, I have to say, you know, in their defense have been, look really tired, very fatigued. Obviously, they played an extremely strenuous game against Munster the week before. They had no time to rest. And then Leinster, you know, Leinster was much more dominant. They're the better team one on the day. But let's not forget the way the top 14 is working. It's basically one of the hardest rugby league in the world. I think many people would agree with me. And comparing to the Irish rugby, it's, it's, it's a world of difference. They have Wins and Leinster. They have two squads. They got to team A and team B. So they rest the best players. And for them, you know, the, the most important competition is the European Cup. You know, we can't really compare apple and pear, but who knows? They might, if they win against La Rochelle, which may, which they may do, you know, they might equal Toulouse with having a fifth star on the jersey. I, I would live with that if they played good rugby and it was a good final. It would be deserved if they got it, but also I quite like La Rochelle to win. I think they deserve something from all their efforts these last 
Two years. So, my uh, Tom, what do you think uh, La Rochelle needs to do in order to win against Leinster? Because I mean, they, they are a good outfit. You know, they got some good quality players. They got all treats. They've got motivation. You know, they got hurt last year because they lost against Toulouse. Of course. Oh gosh, what they have to do? Um, to some extent, they play a similar game. La Rochelle follows the mantra of keep the ball alive and just go, 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 incessant battering the opposition. And that's what Lancaster did so successfully at the weekend. So that promises absolutely a heroic battle where the last one standing will be those uh, still with their legs still working. And you touched on the fact that the Lancaster players are a lot more rested than the La Rochelle players. Now, in a way, La Rochelle have got it worse than Toulouse because... You start the season badly if you were in two finals the previous season. You have less rest time for your players. Okay, we can go on about two providing so many players to the national team being in the Six Nations. But La Rochelle were out a few players as well. And they also have these players who have done many more minutes in their legs, the Lanster side. So it's not new that the Irish provinces can prepare very well and rest their players ahead of big games like this. It's been the same for years, and there's no point getting angry about it. It is what it is. What's surprising, given that's the case, is that how unsuccessful Ireland has done as a nation in the World Cup. In the international standings, they're doing brilliantly. They're up there with France, uh, nudging around second and third all the time. But they've yet to make it count in the World Cup. So, on one hand, The strategy that they're doing is really working well. They're, they're close to the top of Europe. They're close to the top of the world, except the one thing they'd really like, which is the World Cup. But nobody's going to write them off for next year, although France does have home advantage, of course. Yes, and don't, let's not forget that France won against Ireland as well in the Six Nations. So France yeah, won the Six... That was a close home victory. <laughs> and Leinster was also uh, uh, a home victory, but it wasn't close. <laughs> So, yes, some rugby news. So, Tom, Rugby Seven is not something that we talk about on this uh, podcast usually, but it's, 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 it's very good timing because the, the Rugby Seven in your hometown in Toulouse and you are going to see the games uh, this afternoon. So tell us more about what's happening in Rugby Seven. Okay, well, for those who don't know, Rugby Sevens is a tournament that goes around the world. It's been one of the biggest draws in many parts of the world. Everyone knows the Hong Kong Sevens, the Cape Town Sevens, the Singapore Sevens. It's just come from Vancouver, and next weekend is at Twickenham. And it's extraordinary, and I'm so happy that this weekend, the Rugby Sevens is touching base, not just in Toulouse, but in the rugby ground. Not the horrible soccer ground that nobody likes. And so Ernest Vallon, there's games happening at the moment. I can tell you Argentina have just scored a try against Japan, but uh, live commentary doesn't work well on a podcast. The, this is the proper tournament. It's happening. It's available to watch on the internet. We have games happening Friday, Saturday and Sunday. The ladies team is given pretty much equal ranking as well. And must be said, France is a lot more successful in that. And talking about France, do you know who the who used to play in rugby seven who is part of the French squad? Oh, I I've seen many nationals. I'm terrible with names. We have Nelson Epe in the French squad who 
has signed up to be the new Toulouse winger and has scored uh, some tries already for Stade Toulouse this weekend. At the beginning of the sevens tournament, he scored against England three times. So he's got a hat-trick against England, which is fantastic for a guy called Nelson. But no, I've seen Chelsea Colby play in sevens. I've seen many of the All Blacks, even Jerome Kainu. And let's not forget Gavin Villiers. He used to exactly. play number seven, and he was extraordinary. I love his speed. I love his upside I love his... The, the guy The guy is genius. One of my favorite players in the in the squad. Always big, with a big smile, very down-to-earth, you know. A, yeah, I saw him very briefly at the Stade de France. <laughs> but he didn't come say hi. It doesn't matter. Ne- next time. So, yeah, oh, brilliant. So, Rugby 7 is... is uh, France is doing well in that competition. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an Olympic sport, so we hope uh, that the ladies or gents will be getting Olympic medals before long. It's too late to sell it for your audience for this weekend, I suspect. But for next weekend in Trickenham, really consider going there. It is cheap. It is family friendly. There is a try every minute. People dress up in uh, in fancy dress and uh, some beer is drunk as well. So Oh well, sounds good. One day, one day, maybe you can go to Hong Kong 7. French lesson. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I'm sure you will fly. You will because obviously, let us not forget you've got, uh, for our listeners, you have been my translators. You translated my, my chat with, oh gosh, with, uh, Fabien Pelouse. Denis Charvet. Denis Charvet. Oh, lovely David. Denis Charvet. He didn't need a translator. He didn't need one. He used to have a Welsh girlfriend, I believe, you know, so he, the best way to learn a language. <laughs> Let's <laughs> true rugby love. And uh, I didn't need your service for uh, Frank Minel because his English was decent. He said, no, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. It was lovely as well. So, yes, I'm going to ask you about, we talked about that very briefly, you know, prediction. You know, I ask you, what do you think your prediction will be between Brie versus Toulouse? So no, no Google Translator. Doesn't matter if you don't know. At least you will learn. I'm sure you know the word. You start with a P. I do know it. Oh, prediction does exist as a word, but oh, no, it's gone, I'm afraid. Le I point... have to train myself to speak English for you. <laughs> I'm the same as well. You said... Prognostic. You... Prognostic. Le pronostic. Pronostic, no G. Yeah. Okay. Very no, well. No, no. Well, Veronique, for the benefit of your listeners, I'd like to test your translation. Oh, my goodness. So, so, so keep the theme going. Uh, here we are in the southwest of France where they play lots of rugby. What do we call... The alternative to a croissant that we eat in the morning with bits of chocolate inside it. For me, it's a pain pain au chocolat. Uh -uh. No, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. In this part of France, you get get prison for saying that. It's in chocolatine. And indeed, when Stade Toulousain play Paris on the scoreboard at the end of the match, they put pain au chocolat 15, chocolatine 35. As the score, because in the rugby playing world, which is southwest France, it is not pain au chocolat, it's chocolatine. Ooh, I would say, you know, rugby fortunately is spreading, you know, like octopus is spreading its tentacles. So we've got rugby being played in Normandy, in Paris, in the north. And I've got to tell you a story. The reason why you call it 
um, chocolatine is because of the British when they came to emigrate in large <laughs> numbers in the Dordogne. They couldn't really say pain au chocolat. So they used to say, oh, uh, I would like uh, a croissant with chocolate in. Uh, oh, I see. Well, I'll have a word with my locals. Um, <laughs> there's another translation, but do you know what the Welsh is for bread? Uh, Barra. Do you know what the Welsh is for wine? Uh, no. Green. All right, okay. It's a bit like do Breton. You, it's like... Do you know, it is like Breton. Yeah. So do you know the word in the French language that means to be able to speak a foreign language very little? Oh, gosh, is it a Gwindu? Oh, I can't remember. I, I, I knew that one. Bahaguine. Bahaguine, I know. That's really bad. And some and people... The origin do... of that is the people who could hardly speak a language but knew enough to ask for their bread and wine. My ancestors, you know, just like... If you, I think you're Welsh as well. You know, it was forbidden to speak Breton at school, you know. Ah. And they were obliged to speak French. That was so bad, you know. It's great that rugby is moving out of the areas and that we're embracing new areas yeah. and indeed uh, new languages. Yeah. So, rugby friends, I hope you enjoyed our chat today on the French Rugby Connections. So thank you ever so much again, Tom, for being my co-host. It was a pleasure and an honour, and I wish you all the best, and enjoy your rugby. And enjoy the Rugby 7 in Toulouse. And say hi to uh, Thierry Lacroix. I believe you you met him yesterday. You were rubbing shoulder with him. Thierry Lacroix, Thierry Lacroix is the owner of Stade Toulouse. Is that correct? That's correct. He was at uh, my local drinking den, the Minou, which is a little picnic area near to the Ernest Ballon Stadium. Oh, that's brilliant. I believe a rugby player sometimes, you know, go there as well. Absolutely. absolutely. And to play petanque amongst themselves <laughs> in the Stade Design gift shop. Who knows, you know, you play pétanque everywhere in France, but especially in the Southwest. Okay, so you enjoy your rugby and uh, au revoir. La pendule fait tic tac tic tic Les oiseaux du lac pic tac pic pic Glou 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 font tous les dindons Et la jolie cloche ding ding dong Mais boum Quand notre cœur fait boum Tout avec lui dit boum Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille